like the roller coaster of, you know, hope and despair and then extreme hope and an extreme <laughs> and despair. excitement and then yeah, yeah and excitement yeah. and then letdowns and it's like it's insane and i'm like a very even keel like i i'm like a path of least resistance kind of human being like i i, I you know i wear my sweatpants so they literally fall <laughs> apart and like i only wear sweatpants generally so like i i like comfort and so for me like this external imposition of you know ups and downs and, oh, oh yeah because the highs are the highs are very high the highs are and high, then right. the, the lows are crushingly low two years ago at six months pregnant we lost our baby girl to an undetected external infection and what has followed took us down a path we could never have predicted you know i was used to getting pregnant quickly and unassisted the infertility journey came as a surprise no one talked to me about getting my ovarian reserve tested. You know, no one told me that just because I got pregnant easily with my first and my second, it, it didn't mean that I could expect the same with my third or fourth for that matter. I thought IUIs were a for sure thing. I thought IVF was a one month process and that that's just the physical part. All these assumptions were incorrect. But why would I know any better? I'm Emily Geds. And this is the Day One Podcast, a show dedicated to the unspoken side of fertility. Here I share my story and bring together moms, dads, parents-to-be, doctors, specialists, and healers to help break stigmas, normalize the conversation, let's bring education to the forefront, and most importantly, build a community so the journey doesn't feel so lonely. So, I threw you in the ring. Yeah, right in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, first, I just want to thank you for even being open to do this because I do interview, you know, dudes and dudes. I do. And it's different when it's your friend. How dare you? Dudes, what are you doing? And I just think it's a different banter. You guys can talk differently. It's people that, you know, a lot of people I interview are people I'm just meeting through this platform. But what's cool about I think you're doing is, is your actual buddies, like people you're legitimately very close with. Yeah. I mean, and I'm also not, you know, in a practiced interviewer, as you'll soon find out. You did great. But it's a no bullshit podcast. So I think it's very much on brand. You know what? I just think it's the idea behind it that's super cool and i think adrian is such a good person to be your first my first <laughs> i'm gonna tell him that popped your <laughs> popped your hosting cherry <laughs> well that's a nice picture <laughs> no but um let's talk about your first interview with adrian do you want to talk a bit right. about it sure i w i'll try i guess <laughs> intro him in do him proud okay Adrian is from Ottawa and is a father of two. And him and his wife, Stacy, went through five years of intervention filled with countless rounds of IUIs and IVF. And that's just the math. Most of you know that the numbers don't scratch the surface, painting a picture of the emotional roller coaster baby making sometimes can be. Adrian wears many hats, but none more important to him than being a dad. And after the road he took to get here, I think his perspective is a very important one to hear for everyone out there. Great intro. 
We love Adrian. <laughs> we love Adrian. Stacey who's on the podcast episode seven, um, which is kind of cool because we get both of their perspectives, but we're really close with um, with them and with their kids. So I think this is. You don't need to listen to episode seven first, though, right? It's not a you don't need to. They are and exclusive. I love this episode because um, they went on a five and a half year, like insane journey to get to cash and millie and so it's like two guys talking but you're in it right now and he has a good perspective on it so um i I thought it was just a great one to kick off so thanks for doing this i hope they agree (laughs) over and out (laughs) oh what's up age how you doing buddy i'm a little nervous to be honest yeah yeah well me too (laughs) two of us then i guess so does it cancel each other out? If yeah. a negative plus a negative is a positive, I think hopefully. That's correct. Case. Okay. That's All right. Correct. Well, thank you so much for joining me and, and the podcast. And uh, you are extraordinarily welcome. I'm glad to be here. Telling your story. Yeah. We, I'm sure everyone will uh, really appreciate this perspective. I hope they do. Right on. Well, hopefully I can provide some insights that's helpful to, uh, to other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. uh, here we go. All it's right. Better. It's a rather auspicious moment, I think, in the day one <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's let's jump into it because uh, you know, in the interest of keeping everyone's interest, I'd like to know from your perspective, obviously, um, your experiences with with IVF. If you yeah. Can. So you know, I, I and I will admit, like it's going back a little ways. Um, you know, our journey uh, ended a few years ago, so. It's, it's one of those things where when you're in it, it's the most, you know, intensive. It, it, it takes up all of your mental faculties and all of your attention. And then, you know, when it's over, it's kind of one of those things where you coming back to, to a time that was, you know, that was, it was a long time and it was fairly intensive and I'll, I'll get into some of the details, but I am like, you know, racking my brain to, to recall the emotions and the memories and the, and the journey itself, which is, you know, it's great that it's behind me, but it was it was very real for a very long time. So this is an interesting sort of you know, bringing things back from, from bubbling them up from uh, from a previous almost like a previous life. It's really strange. I'll give you a, I'll give you a quick recap. Like our journey, it was a five year journey, so it was it was a long one, um, and it was it was quite varied. It wasn't a linear path. It was you know it was it was it, it went in different tentacles. You know over the over the course of that journey, so. You know, we were married, Stace and I were married in 2011. And over the course of that sort of next year, um, you know, it wasn't a conscious effort, you know, to get pregnant. It was just at some point, you know, we pulled the goalie or whatever you want to say. And, and it was, you know, kind of just let it, let it happen uh, if it does. And, you, you know, know, it's it a did. guy's interview when you say pulled the goalie. Pulled that, the yeah. goalie. Well, <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Um, and Sorry, and so, you know, we did like we, you know, a year after we were married, we got pregnant naturally. And we said, wow, like, that's great. Like, what a great surprise. It was that happy moment that, you know, everybody looks for. And it's, you know, it was a, it was a very pleasant surprise. And we were both really excited about it, obviously. Um, you know, and at that stage, yeah, yeah, we didn't really have any context in terms of, you know, fertility journey, right? So, so we just assumed it was, hey, this is it. This is great. Um, so after, I think it was it's the seven week mark, um, and Stacy miscarried. I think it was it was the night of, of her friend's wedding, and you know, it was like I think she knew 
what was happening. And it was, it was pretty scary and it was, it was pretty real. It was tough on both of us. Um, you know, the, the intense, like, oh my gosh, what's happening. And then, you know, the emotional turmoil of, oh boy, like this is, this is a whole thing. So I, you know, obviously I could be a little bit tougher on her just given, you know, the hormonal and the physical impact of what happens during a miscarriage. Um, but we're both pretty resolute and we're, you know, we move on, you know, quickly and we both have a pretty optimistic mindset. So we kind of said, okay, well, if it happened before, it'll happen again. And, you know, these things do happen and, and obviously far more frequently than we knew at that time. Um, so we tried sort of semi-casually, um, for uh, another, for about another year. Um, and, you know, and it obviously didn't, didn't take during that time. So being proactive, um, you know, and we weren't getting any younger and we were, we wanted to move on with building our family and all that stuff. So we, we ended up going to see a fertility doctor, um, just to, to make sure that there wasn't anything, you know, that there weren't any Underline. barriers that, that we didn't know about or whatever, just to be, you know, to be on, on it. Um, so we, so we did that and, and, you know, did some tests and, you know, and, and those kinds of things. And there didn't seem to be, you know, any reason why we weren't being, we weren't pregnant or, or, you know, that there were any barriers that we needed to address. So that's, that's great. So, um, so I guess we got into the cycle monitoring, um, which we did for six months. Um, and then we did get pregnant uh, once during that time. Uh, and then, and then it was, it ended in a miscarriage after I think it was about six weeks. So, you know, that was a, that was a bit of a bigger blow. Cause you know, at this point it then leaves us wondering, you know, like, is this going to happen? Is this, is this going to be a recurring thing? And, you know, at that point we've, you know, we've gone a year and a half, let's say since our, you know, our first natural pregnancy. Um, so again, in the interest of time, like we, we sort of escalated it and we said, okay, well, what's the next stage of intervention and how can we sort of front load success on the next round? So we started doing IUIs. Um, we ended up doing, we ended up doing seven of those. So, you know, then all of a sudden it's, it's, it's a much bigger mission. And again, there's no rhyme or reason as to why it's not working. It was kind of, we were, we were a case study in, you know, we don't really know if it should be fine. There's no reason why it shouldn't work and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but then we went through, you know, a lot of those. So, and that's, you know, again, an extension of time. Um, and, you know, and frankly, like there's a lot of work as, as you know, people that are going through this know, especially on the part of, of my wife with, you know, regular appointments and lots of testing and, you know, and all of those things and, and just a more sort of scientific approach to ideally getting pregnant. Right. And that's, right. you know, so that was, right. that was its own thing. Um, so again, since we, since we, we did get that pregnancy, we lost that one. Uh, and then we started IVF. And, you know, of course, that's a much more, you know, involved process, certainly for, for, uh, for my wife. Um, and then, you know, we did four retrievals. Um, so over the course of, of that time, uh, and, and during that, we did three transfers. So, you know, okay, everything looks good. You know, we put those in, we transfer. Um, didn't, didn't work on the first, you know, the first, um, the first one. And then, and then on the second transfer, we got, we did get pregnant. So that was great. But then again, we miscarried again. Um, so then that's when we started to genetically do some genetic testing on the embryos to understand if there's something happening, you know, during that point in time. Right. Um, and, and it was ultimately, it was that miscarriage that sent that we, we got sent for the genetic testing. And in that they discovered it, there was a, you know, it was a, it was a really 
it was messed up. The, the fetus was in really bad shape. There were, you know, 17 chromosomal abnormalities, which is, you know, extraordinarily rare and, and frankly, pretty, you know, pretty scary. So that, you know, that part then was, was, oh my gosh, is there, is there something, you know, wrong that we haven't identified? Is there something, you know, genetically happening and, you know, and so on, which, which dives you into another, you know, another level. Um, we got referred to a counselor at Mount Sinai who wanted to review the results with us um, because of the level of abnormality that that one presented. Anyway, so again, more testing, and I'll get into the, the, that meeting with the, the Sinai counselor at some point, but uh, that, you know, at that point, so more testing, more rigor, more, you know, uh, more and more and more. And again, we were, we were that clinic's greatest mystery. Our doctor who is, you know, really great and had seen it all, you know, was, was scratching our head quite a bit, which didn't make us feel any better. It was just no, kind of, you know, you kind of keep, you just got to keep going. Right. And, and so that was, we were resolved in, in getting there. Um, so that's good. And then, you know, eventually on the fourth retrieval, um, which took us a while to get there just to make sure all the conditions are right, as you know, like you have to go through, you know, several cycles to make sure everything's optimal. Um, and that, that fourth retrieval gave us, you know, 12 embryos only two of which were normal. Um, and we wondered whether that was enough because in some of the other retrievals we'd put, you know, we were looking at putting more in and you just decide, you know, in the moment, well, we put, we put one in um, and then froze the other successful embryo. And, you know, the, the first one that went in, that is our son Cash. Um, and the, you know, the other one that, uh, that, we, that we put on ice um, ended up being uh, our daughter, Millie. So in the end, Tremendous success, exactly what we had hoped for, but five years later, um, and you know, a, fa a fair bit of energy, a, fa a lot of time on my wife's part, a huge amount of needles and medications and trials and testing and all those other things. Uh, but at the end of the day, we we got the two kids that we had ideally hoped for. So the the end of the story is a, is a happy one for sure. Um, but it was a it was definitely a long a long journey to get there. Heck of a journey. Heck of a journey. Yeah. Uh, I can, you know, in some ways relate, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it, there are some similarities for us, uh, but every story is different. And uh, I appreciate you telling your, your, at least your side. I think if you, you know, you've been listening to this podcast, you probably heard uh, this story from Stacy's side. Stacy came yep. on as a guest, uh, but yep. it's, a, but, you know, the point of this interview and, um, you know, us talking is uh to hear a, a it's actually pretty interesting to me it's to hear a similar story but from a much different perspective so um yep. you know again yep. thank you for sharing no problem. Uh, and you can't see it or the listeners can't see it but i'm smiling ear as soon as you said we got cash we got <laughs> you know our children are our good friends and uh and i have the benefit of knowing cash for quite a while now at least the majority of his life <laughs> Almost his uh, whole life, yeah. And uh, and I feel lucky to to know him, and um, I'm obviously a little bit invested in this story as well. Indeed, uh, indeed. Well, our kids are best friends, and yep. you know, it's yep. part of the it's a good part of the big part of the reason why you and I are talking today, and also <laughs> and also close friends now. Those those little kids brought us together, which is serendipitous, if you will. 
it is, uh, you know, finally paying dividends, being friends with you actually right now is uh, <laughs> getting you on this show and getting your yeah, side. Otherwise, it's just a major struggle. I know. <laughs> there doesn't, I don't know. Yeah, right. If there's anything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, it actually kind of brings me to, it's not a, it's not really a question, uh, but I, but I thought it was important to point out that M's podcast uh, and, and her mission is to speak of or, or to bring to light um people's journeys and struggles that generally wouldn't have been brought to light and for, and for people to share um, and and get support through their sharing I think is so important I'm so proud of her but also um, I don't think it's I think it's most highlighted actually in um, in the male male side because we we generally uh, you know like or at least you know I can only speak from my perspective but um, when people ask us how, how we're doing, it's usually how's M doing? How's, um, you know, how's she feeling about everything like that? And, and very rarely is it how are you doing or what's going on in your head? Um, so uh, just yeah. just to hammer it home, like this is uh, to me like really interesting and, uh, and like cool to do is to get a real unspoken side of this journey. Rarely, and so again, appreciate you telling your side of the story. Um, and I hope to have, sure. hope to have a few of, you know, a few other guests on, uh, to share different perspectives because obviously yours is yours alone, uh, and everything like that. But uh, I don't think there's very many people better to speak about this topic than someone who's gone through it for five, for five years, many rounds of yeah. IUIs, many rounds of IVFs, the toll it must take. Um, and, and I guess that brings me to my next question and, and, uh, to, and uh, is that basically, you know, can you talk about, do you remember the emotional um, toll it, it took on you throughout? Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I do. And, and just as a side note, I'm really glad you guys are doing this because when we went through this, we did it pretty much alone. And, and I, you know, I don't recall having, you know, that kind of support or these kinds of resources or this stuff that was sort of readily available. So it's, it's great to be able to share this because it's, you know, altogether too common and, and, and it shouldn't be, uh, it should be something that's, that's, you know, less stigmatized or whatever you want to call it, less, right. less taboo. Right. right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, from the emotional side of it on, on my end, um, this is probably going to be a little bit unique to me. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a true empath. So for me, if those around me are okay, I tend to be. And if those around me are distraught, then it, it affects me. I, I sort of absorb a lot of energy from the world around me. That's just your superpower. Disposition. Right. It's my superpower and, and my crypto at the same time. So, <laughs> so you know, for, for us, my, my emotional state, and I'll, and I'll sort of parse it into two things. My emotional, you know, journey and, and you know, handling disappointments and, and the, the ups and downs of, of that, that entire thing, where on one hand, we're, of course, you know, I was feeling that stuff on a personal level. Like I wanted kids. I wanted, you know, I wanted a family. Um, so with, you know, with each of the sort of, oh my gosh, something's happening. Great. We're pregnant. And then the disappointment on that, there was my own roller coaster in my own journey you know, oh, yeah. that I was, that I was going through for sure. But a lot of the way I was feeling was directly tied to what Stacy was experiencing because if she was resolute or she was in, you know, she was feeling positive and all those things, then, then I would be, too. And I'm a natural optimist. So the whole time, you know, while I, I, you know, I believed in, I believe in the science and I believe in all of these things, I just had this general sort of sense of optimism that it would work out. Now that wasn't quantified scientifically or anything like that. I just had this 
feeling. It's my natural disposition to aim for the, mo the most desirable outcome and just sort of believe it. Um, so I never really believed that it wouldn't happen for us, despite, you know, the, the, the ups and downs that we, that we went through. Um, and I think I had the great benefit of having a wife who is, is she's a rock. She's super, super, super strong. And while, you know, while we, you know, when a miscarriage would happen or something wouldn't work or retrieval wouldn't work or whatever, you know, there was a, there was, we were both in that moment going, oh my gosh, this is, you know, we're sad, you know, when those things happen, but she has an incredible ability to move on and move mm -hmm. forward, you know? And so, so she didn't, you know, so therefore it was, it was easy to come out of that cycle because she would naturally as well. And given that, you know, let's be, let's be real, the, the greatest toil and, and, and trauma happens with the woman. She's, it's her body, it's the, all the hormones, it's all the things. And whether it's, you know, it's not, it's, it's a shared, you know, impact and outcome, but, you know, I, I think the women feel that it's more their responsibility to get to the success than it is the man's. Right. And, them. you know, it's on them. So I, I just felt naturally, no, she wouldn't have expressed this, but I felt that it was, it was harder on her. And therefore, for me, my attention and my, and, and my purpose was to keep holding her up and keep her feeling optimistic and positive and, and, mm -hmm. and support her in any way that I could to go through all of this stuff, which is incredibly time consuming and exhausting and, you know, and, you know, and, and tough on the body and all that stuff. So, mm -hmm. so for me, my, you know, I, the ups and downs that I felt were, were quite closely tied to what she did and, and what she was feeling. And the good news is for that, like she was, she's a pretty tough character. That's her superpower. That's her superpower. And she was right. able to just keep plugging forward. Right. Um, and we'd have like, you know, moments of sadness and, and, you know, and concern, but those were, those were fleeting because it was just like, okay, get back on the horse, keep going. Right. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, my own, my own emotions through all of this were sort of heavily tied know, to her. Were, yeah, and, and for me it's, personally, and I don't know if this is a male trait or whatever, but we're pushed down and repressed a little bit to ensure, to, mm -hmm. yeah, and to, to ensure that I'm, I'm doing the best thing that I can, which is, you know, ensuring that she's, supported and lifted up and, you know, and, and, and feels optimistic through it as well. Right. Yeah. I, I think I had a thought while you were saying, it, um, and I have a, I, have a well, I, had, I had only a few thoughts, you know, not many, but um, uh, do you think that you're like, you sort of said it, your feelings, your emotions, like you push them down, um, subordinated them to, so that you could support Stacy. Was there a moment where you thought like I, you know, you wish you could have felt more, like you wish you could express yours, like to feel it, to get over it a little bit quicker? Or was it, you know, like a, a sort of, you know, unfortunately, sometimes standard male trait to just bottle it up and then sort of forget about it eventually. Like it just kind of goes away, fades away. Yeah. So, so a little bit of both, frankly, like I, you know, I, I knew I, and Stace and I are extraordinarily good communicators. We're very open. We, we talk about a lot. So I kind of knew where things were at and, it, and, you know, I felt like if I was, if I was to also voice, you know, my own, like, I, I'm really worried and I'm, you know, I'm feeling really so upset what, and this is hard. Like I'm just be doubling down on what she's already feeling, which right. is kind of unnecessary, you know? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but I will tell you, I did bottle that, that stuff. I pushed it down and I, and I, you know, I set my task on ensuring that those around me and Stace in particular was, 
it was good, right? Like mm-hmm. that was as good as it could be given what we we're dealing with. But you know, there were a few moments where where mm-hmm. it bubbled to the surface, right. you know, and and how could it not? And well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, yeah. I don't remember exactly when, but it was a couple of years in, you know, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I just said, "Stay." I just got to let it let it out, you know, and had a a bit of an emotional, you know, outpouring, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I had a big cry and all this stuff, and and kind of you know, just blurted out all the things that were inside of me that I was feeling. And, and frankly, she was grateful to hear all of that stuff. And it was just right. a, it was a cathartic right. moment for me just to let it out. And then it was kind of to move on. It's, it's um, interesting. Cause you think you're doing her a favor by bottling it up to support her and everything like that. But meanwhile, maybe in hindsight, letting it out or at least identifying your emotions as well might be, might work in the opposite that you thought it like, you know, in a, in a way. So I don't know. It's yeah. A, it's yeah. It was, it's, we could dive it, into Yeah, that totally. Later. It was kind of, it was kind of more, more of a, like, I don't want to make this any harder and I don't want her to feel any guilt or, or start to feel, you know, badly that I'm feeling this too. Like she's, you know, she's, she's dealing with enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, totally. So it's one of, it's one of those things. And this is also like, you know, there may be too much information, but like, it's a classic gem. I'm a classic Gemini. Like no I, such I thing two, in this the two brains and I, and I talk, you know, I, I like to figure things out within myself mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. I go outwards, you know, to people. Cause I'd like to have the answer before I ask for, you know, a validation, which is just my own thing. Um, so that's kind of a natural, but maybe more sort of pointed version of what I, you know, the way right. I am right. generally right. Right. on steroids. Yeah. 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 I got you. Um, you mentioned uh, in, in your uh, answer before, you mentioned something about being an eternal optimist. I thought that was like, uh, one, I, I can identify with that, but I thought that'd be a good sort of question that I don't know if is ever covered. And I do, because I do know of examples of friends in, you know, in my life that um, have you know, opened up to me in some ways. Uh, but I want to ask you, like being an eternal optimist, what was it like going into fertility like the the scientific part of fertility to begin with like were you uh open to it at first um were you all in at first were you like i don't need fertility we're you know we can keep trying uh, sorry like i don't want to say fertility i don't need like in uh you know sort of yeah, yeah all the, the, the interventions yeah Thank so you. so it's funny that that's a good question and um so I'm an eternal optimist, but I'm also very much pragmatist and realist at the same time. So when it, so it's a very, it's, a, it's interesting. interesting. It's going to work and it, you know, it will, I have, you know, faith, not like in a religious sense, but I have faith that this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but at the same time, if there's anything that's going to help make that reality, then fuck yeah, I'm all in. Right. Like, so, right. so right. whether it's, okay, we want to go and see this, we want to get this thing tested. I'm going to drink some herbal teas. I'm going to do these things. I'm like, whatever it takes, like, absolutely. Right. Let's go, right. let's go see, let's go see if there's some, if there's some answers that help make that a reality, either faster or in a more definitive way, mm-hmm. I, I will do it. Of course. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I was, I was in from the beginning to do and try anything that, that, you know, Stacy was willing to, or had an appetite for and, mm-hmm. and that, uh, that might help us, whether it's faster or better, um, achieve the goal. So right, yeah, right. like I didn't, I didn't push, I didn't say, no, 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 we don't need all those things because it's going to happen. It's not like a blind optimism. It's, mm-hmm. it's just a hopeful one. Right. So, so yes, I was, I was ready to go do whatever we needed to do to get there. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess the reason I ask, and I, I thought maybe it would be important for others to who are potentially starting the journey, um, and have questions or, or doubts, um, or, 
Um, again, like confidence that naturally will work at one point. Um, cause, and, and the reason, again, the reason I asked is because I know I have friends who were, were dead set against IVF, you know, like they, even though they were trying for a year or, or longer, they mm. thought there may be a stigma. Like, I, I, I mean, I, again, I didn't feel that stigma ever, so I couldn't identify necessarily with that, that opinion, but, yep. um, there that it's i think it's valid it's a valid uh a thought you know in in someone's yep. head and yep. maybe it's not that easy to get over that you need help you know that that or yeah um at the very least um help would be beneficial and maybe speed things up a little bit because uh you know trying could take they say i think they say wait wait a year trying naturally right but right but maybe it takes longer maybe it takes two years uh you just never know um yep. and but then again maybe you got to check maybe like you said you do some testing see what's going on maybe there are some underlying conditions that are stopping you from getting pregnant so um i think m would uh sort of sort of agree that like even before you start trying naturally it's a good idea to go get tested go get go uh, genetic tests um you know physical chest tests on sperm and and uterus yep. and and lining and all that good stuff um so I guess my point is for anybody listening or for the guys listening, um, you know, you're not alone in thinking that, you know, IVF may not be the best or, you know, maybe not be necessary, but at the end of the day, you know, there are, um, there are tons of options out there for them. Uh, for sure. And, and so ideally- I, I, I would say, I would say on that, like, Please. you know, for those of, for those that are listening that are starting their journey, what I know now that I did not know then is that, you know, getting pregnant is generally pretty hard, like yep. in general. And, 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 you know, what we don't know publicly is that there's a huge percentage of natural pregnancies that end in miscarriage. And they're, they're not talked about because of the stigma that we just, you know, that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. And, and so, you know, if, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're resolute in, in getting pregnant naturally, then that's your, that's your jam. Like, you know, do that to a certain degree, but I, you know, for, for me, I, I would rather, you know, front load the success in any way that I possibly could. And that was maybe because of the age we were approaching and, you know, all those other things. But um, when I started, when we started down this path, I didn't really know, I didn't know enough or much at all about, you know, the genetics and the, 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 the very careful science that happens, whether it's a magic moment as a natural thing or, or not. And, you know, it's, it's important that people think about what is right for them, right? Some people are against it on as a conceptual thing. And let's be real, like, you know, IVF and so on, it takes the romance out of getting pregnant. Like it really does to mm -hmm. a large degree. And, you know, and some people would say, oh, you know, I don't want to test to baby or, you know, this kind of thing. But I'll tell you in the end, they're, they're just as much a miracle, man. Like, you know, whether, regardless of how it comes together in, in the end, um, it doesn't take away from, from that end result, but, but everybody has to figure out what they're comfortable with and, and how much intervention right, they really right. feel is appropriate for them. And, you know, and all that stuff, it's a very personal choice, of course, but for Absolutely. me, it was, man, what, do, what do we need to do? And if science can help us do it, let's, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, having known Cash and Millie, I can absolutely vouch for the fact that they are, <laughs> they are no less miracles than any, than any other baby out there kind of thing. Oh, in fact, thank more you for saying that. in some thank ways. You for saying that. In a way, uh, in a way. Yeah. 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 yeah.
do you do you remember like what the hardest part of the, of the IVF journey was? Uh, for uh, well, I'll take it from from my personal side because mm-hmm. the whole thing is hard. But for me, I think the 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 lowest point is when we had all when we had the miscarriage that resulted in all those genetic abnormalities, which was frankly like a terrifying thing. Is that you know usually you have one or two you know things that are wrong. Yeah, uh, this had seventeen, which is just a it's a you know. Uh, freak of nature case of, of, of craziness. So right. we were sent to Sinai hospital to talk to a, you know, a genetic counselor, I guess, who reviewed all of these results. And I think they were all fairly shocked at what they saw, which is a scary thing. So we go in there going, Oh my gosh, what does this mean? What are the impacts of, of this moment? And so on. And we sat down with this, this genetic counselor. And I, I, I think she was in over her head and I, you know, and, I'm, and I don't want to disparage her because the, the Sinai people are just generally incredible, mm-hmm. but we, we didn't have a very good experience in this particular moment where the woman sat us down and basically said, based on what I'm looking at here, you know, like this is a, this is a complete, like this is one in a bazillion. And, you know, if, if this is what you're producing, this may or may not happen. And then, so she started asking a bunch of questions and we got into background. And at one point she, you know, she pinpointed something in me that was a, it was a, a thing that I had gone through when I was a, a teenager and it was a, you know, it was a hormonal thing. Um, and without knowing all of the facts that, that, you know, and so on, she goes, well, that could be it. That could be the thing. And so right in that moment, I go, oh, my God, we've been in this for so many, so much, so many years. We've been going through all the things. There's nothing wrong. Nobody's testing it. But apparently this person might think that or did kind of put a pin on, well, perhaps what you were dealing with when you were in high school is the genetic thing that is leading to this trouble. So all of a sudden, everything washed over me. And I goes, oh, my God, at the end of the day, all of this is because it's because of me. And we're not now we're, we're, we're probably not going to have a child and it's because of me. And like that, like I, that was my low point. Like that was my low point. I lost it. I lost it that day. I was, uh, I was just racked with, you know, panic and guilt and shame and all these other things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, that turned out to be a, a false guess, which is terribly irresponsible of that person to have said that. Um, medical and yeah. and that and that that you know the crazy abnormalities of that particular embryo fetus and whatever was was a fluke like a total fluke right. had not, no bearing on anything that what happened from the future so but that was the low point I think of my entire journey was a you know it's not going to happen or it's it's unlikely that it is because that was the first time we'd heard something like that and then b there's a very good chance that it's your genetic makeup that is the problem. And that was uh, like, that was, that was, that was really, really, really really hard for me personally. Um, So that's when the, the, you know, the, the switch flipped a little bit and, and uh, I was the one in (laughs) in disarray and distraught and all those things. So that was, for me, that was my, my total low point. And, and, you know, God bless her, like Stace, you know, we, we talked it through and then we, you know, we followed up and again, we didn't give up. So we went, I like, I really don't think that that's the case. So I started doing some research and I looked at this and I'm basically took it upon myself to try and disprove that potential, which I, you know, which we did. Um, well, that doesn't then, sound like part of your personality at all to uh, take control. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, not at all. No. But I was like, I, you know, I, I, I have, I kind of thought like, if I have to live with that, you know, 
uh, that's going to be really painful for me, you know, ongoing that it's, it was my fault that we didn't have kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, both of us said, I don't like, I don't really think that that's the case after we, you know, after I calmed down and, you know, sort of got, you know, I got my head together. Um, and so we just, you know, we said, well, let's go back to the, the doctors that we like and trust and all these things. And, you know, let's keep talking it through. And, you know, turns out that it wasn't as dire as, as it was in that moment in that meeting room in Sinai Hospital. And so we just kept going. And then, you know, those next rounds then disproved that any of that stuff was real and it was nothing but just a real bad fluke, right? So, yeah. So sometimes you like, I guess the lesson there is sometimes you'll, you'll hit what you think is a total immovable brick wall. Um, and sometimes that'll, that'll end your journey. Right. Like sometimes it just would. And it, again, every couple is going to be different. Every individual is going to be different. And, and some people go, you know what, that's that's enough for me. Right. right. Um, but for some, it's like I, you know, I, I don't want to believe that. And I'm going to keep trying, you know, and I think if that had happened like a second time in a row and it had been that dire, maybe that would have been the end of, of you know, of our mm-hmm. journey. But, you know, I can't say for sure because we were mm-hmm. both super committed to continuing until all options had been exhausted. So, um, yeah, so that, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's the lesson in that is, is sometimes you're going to get a really bad piece of news on the journey and it's really up to your, the depth of your resolve and commitment to your goal, you know, that's going to either drive through that barrier or, you know, or stop it. Right. right. And I can right. say one is right and one is wrong. It's, it's really up to, uh, you know, everybody's appetites and, and their, and the circumstances of every situation, which are going to be different. But, uh, but for us, we, we persevered through that despite, you know, having been put up a pretty big roadblock. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I mean, it's interesting to me, um, you know, when you like, again, as like guys, we don't really go through the physical uh, rigor of, of IVF. Um, So when you're talking about like what a hard moment would be, and again, like we generally aren't super emotional, like, I don't, I can't, I don't want to generalize. I know that's terrible. Um, But the the majority of the people I know, like, you know, will, will bottle in their, like bottle up their emotions. Um, Which is, which is a, you know, a trait of toxic masculinity and we should all be more emotionally open and available and sensitive and vulnerable and all that stuff. And, and I actually think that that, that journey for me taught me to be even more so that way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to sort of go against your, your natural disposition to, you know, but, but it's important for the man to also allow themselves to be emotionally vulnerable during this time too. I got a couple (laughs) deeper questions for you, I guess. Uh, All right. Let's go um, deep. Maybe, maybe we've like skirted these issues a little bit, but I'd like to, um, you know, I'd like to get your first, your, um, your perspective on how, how did the, the whole process, the, the journey in its like totality, how did it like affect your relationship with your, with your wife? Yeah, that's, a, that's an awesome question. Um, Cause I think everybody's going to have, you know, different impacts on the way that their relationship is affected by this. In our case, um, you know, there are micro moments that are, that are very stressful and that are, that are hard. And if you're both feeling them on the same level, then you can, you bond together through that struggle and that pain, right? Like that's, I think that's a universal truth that people bond together when they've been through something 
together. Um, Whatever doesn't kill you can only make you stronger kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And, you know, in, in, in our, in our circumstances, uh, you know, the overall thing of it brought us closer together. Like, you know, the connection points deepened the resolve. Like when you're just, when you're going through life and things are easy and it's, you know, everything's sort of, you know, fluffy and cotton candy, like that's, you know, that's all great. And you can share in like positive fun experiences and all that stuff. But when you're like struggling through something and you're relying on each other for strength and for, you know, resolution and for, you know, conviction and, and, and all those things, and you find you're on the same page, um, then, you know, then that, that relationship can strengthen and deepen. So I think, you know, Stace and I came out of the whole journey stronger as a couple and also more sort of more acutely aware of our own, you know, sort of limitation points, which are actually fairly, like they're fairly high and they're fairly broad. And, and I came out of it, you know, with an, a complete admiration and respect and, um, yeah, admiration for, for the level of commitment and, you know, and sort of stubborn pursuit of the goal that Stacy put forward, um, which was humongous, like for, for years and years and years and without, without sort of, you know, diverting from that mission. Um, and so, you know, that, that to me, like, it just made me admire her on a whole other level. Um, that I didn't know was there because we'd never had to go through this kind of a thing together before. So, so my love for her grew from that. And I also like, I, you know, I will forever be in, in, uh, you know, feelings of gratitude towards what she went through and how long she persevered to accomplish what is now, you know, our happy family. And, you know, I give her a tremendous amount, if not all of it, uh, the credit for, for getting us there. Right. Mm Because if, Frankly, if, if she had, you know, put up the white flag and said, like, I'm, I can't do it anymore, I'm done, um, I would, of course, respect that. Like, I would have. And But she never did. And, and so because of that perseverance and that drive that she had, um, it resulted in, in what we've got now. So right, right. She's, a, she's a hero to me for that. And so, right. you know, on that level, like, I love her even more because, because she, you know, put her foot down and, and just went for it and, and kept at it. So you know, that, that just added another layer of the love that I feel for her. So that's, that's pretty powerful. I'm not like, nobody can see this, but I've been like nodding along the whole time. (laughs) Just, just in case Em's listening, I'm sure she'll listen. (laughs) I feel the same way. Um, but I think that's, uh, uh, it's, um, it's not like relationship advice or anything like that, but the, one of the few silver linings maybe of this up and down and, uh, grueling process sometimes is it does it brings you closer you get to see the yeah. true character and um and grit and determination it takes to get through this this sort of thing so totally um, totally i can see that i mean definitely from per- personal experience as well yeah yeah and like you know in any in any partner who's going through this you really do get to see what they're really made of because this is very hard right oh, yeah. And so anybody that's, that has this level of struggle is going to, you know, is, is basically going to put their, their very best forward. Right. And so you get to see that. And there's a, the, the, there's a powerful impact in, in that. Right. For sure. Right. On. Yeah. I'd like to know you touched something else that you touched on. We haven't really uh, spoke too much about it was 
sort of like the reality of the environment when you guys were going through it, which wasn't even too long ago um, versus now. I mean, like, I feel like it's even five years, six years is like night and day. Uh, and then, so certainly, I mean, and again, you can't really speak to it, but certainly a decade ago, two, three decades ago, when IVF was emerging on the scene, um, it was like definitely not talked about at that point, but the, even five years ago, six years ago. So I want to know like one, what that was like, you know, swimming in the, in those waters and two more specifically, like, you know, you, and you said this, you didn't have a ton of support within your inner circle of friends who, you know, who either had babies or didn't really know what was going on. So, um, you, you weren't really able to access that, um, area, that aspect of your life to, to help you through it or to even just yep. talk through it. So what that was like, uh, and, and I, and I guess, you know, I have to ask it, would you have even used the support networks if they were available to you then? Uh, so, I, so again, yeah. like, you know, yeah, hypothetically, you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, I think those support, those support systems were there. Like if I had gone to my buddies and my friends and gone, this is what we're struggling with. Like, can you lend a, you know, an ear and I could use a, whatever, like a compassionate sort of outlet to talk, talk about it. I guarantee you, they would have said yes. We just never asked for it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think part of that at the very, very beginning was we obviously you, you never know but we didn't we certainly had no idea how long it was going to be right like guess you know a, a, this, like the first miscarriage for instance we're like okay well that's happened and then you know beyond that i think i, I think we like we wanted we we kept our, our our journey to ourselves some of it i wanted to respect stacy's point of view and and you know how private this all felt which obviously, you know, now we're talking about sort of unbundling those things and, and being more open about it and, you know, eliminating the, the, the social taboo or whatever, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. the embarrassment or whatever you're, you know, you're dealing with. And, and I think we probably would have been more open to it now because obviously we're talking about it now. And so we're not, you know, we're, we're not trying to hide that this happened to us or anything like that, but we were, you know, we didn't want to burden other people that were on happy paths. And we, we were, you know, humming along okay with each other as our support resource but you know going back if I, you know in hindsight if i could do it again i wouldn't want to but if if i had to do it again i would i think we would be more open about what we were facing right um you know there's, some there's... of it is to some of it is to be guarded about people make certain assumptions you know what they think of you or they they you know they they might make they might make some assumptions about about why and then they you know and there's a there's a you know a, um we're sorry that you're going through this factor that you know that's uh, that wasn't the per that wouldn't have been the purpose is not to elicit you know any any pity or you know anything like that it would have been really just to be able to talk about it with maybe you know a third party an objective person that's not living it that's not in it that maybe gives you know some kind of extra perspective or even just to listen right right um so it's kind of like microtherapy for you know just to unburden yourself i bet you for for me personally i probably would have talked about it and that probably would have been you know an outlet for for the stuff that i was bottling up mm -hmm. quietly in support of what we were doing so you know Yes. I, and I, I guess the, the answer is yes, I would have, I would have engaged my network for further support and, you know, would also encourage people not to hesitate yeah. to talk it, to other people about it. It's freeing. 
like I find. Yeah. And it's like incredible because the like I guess you know I'm speak from obviously just my perspective, but um like I have this like crazy anecdote basically that only after this all started and I've always been like a relatively open person, you know, I'll, I'll answer truthfully if, if asked, but I won't usually, um, you know, give up any information, you know, unprompted necessarily. Right. But uh, I like, I remember being on a golf course uh, <laughs> last year, maybe, and was golfing with a buddy who was going through similar stuff. And years ago, like without sort of this being in the limelight or, you know, more people talking to us about it, certainly. So I'm more comfortable talking about it like lately. Uh, yeah. I don't think uh, in a million years we would have ever talked about what we were going through, um, even on a surface level, let alone get into how sure. we were feeling about it and, you know, our plans for the future and um, some, you know, deep stuff like, you know, uh, and, and there's, and it's a great venue to talk with a golf course is a great venue. You got tons of time. <laughs> Um, yeah. there's no one around and, um, you can take your aggression out on a golf ball if you need to. So like, it was a great <laughs> venue to begin with, but then after like all this, you know, you know, like what Emily is doing, but in, in general, how this is becoming more, uh, acceptable to talk about just, you know, during regular conversation and people are more comfortable talking to you, like to us about it, certainly, um, we really got into it and it was great. Like it was felt really good to get to know him on a different level. Um, it was yep. nice for me to unburden myself with some stuff that I've been going through. Um, like everyone should, should do this kind of thing. It's no matter how, how um, closed off you think you are, or how you know strong you think you need to be for yep. other people, or, you know, you're not doing anybody any kind of favors by keeping it in um, yep. if you want to let it out kind of thing yep. and so i hear you yeah I, let me let me ask you a question on that front since like since obviously oh, you're gonna you, flip it up on me you are living it and, it and it is a different you know a, a very different sort of experience from from ours which was you know quite insular mm. um you know do you do you get to a point where you'd you know you'd rather not right like share and talk, talk about, about it. it like do people like do people you know that you're that you're you're in your daily life um you know, it's going to be, they're going to ask you for the updates and how you're doing and what's happening and, you know, and a lot of stuff. Is there a point where you would prefer they didn't? Like, is there, is there a certain volume of that where you go, actually, I'd just like to uncouple that and focus on other things. Cause I'm so, you know, so entrenched in it. Like, is there, is there a balance point that can happen with that? First of all, I'm the interviewer. Not Sorry. Uh, I know. I, <laughs> I know. No. Just my curiosity got the better of me because like, no, there are two sides to the equation. Yeah. It's a great question. Um, you should, probably maybe we can do an, an episode where you interview me um, but but as a micro micro to that episode um it, again it's a great question i think there are probably moments I, I mean i have to imagine there's moments like especially throughout the two years that i've been like i'd rather not think about it so it's like let alone talk about it um but but like i said like i've always been an open person and i'm not like embarrassed about the situation in any way so i don't I don't like consciously can't, or like, I can't remember a time when I'm like, I don't really care. Like, I, like I get frustrated, like annoyed with the question. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it yeah. is, every, and it is like, you know, not only going through it. So that's like constantly being uh, living it and, you know, thinking about it, but also like, you know, this is now Emily has chosen to pursue this as, you know, so she's living it in, in multiple sure. different ways. And so it, it bleeds into yeah. my life. So it's really, it's really in there. Um, yeah. 
man, it's like wedged in there and everything like that, but it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't actually bother me. No. That's um, awesome. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was more just curious than anything else, but no, no, you're right. Please. <laughs> you're right. I, I know it shouldn't, I shouldn't be interviewing the interviewer. <laughs> you have any more, yeah. any more questions though? Like, before? no, I don't think so. I think I'm okay for now. You're sure. Um, yeah. okay. But I, but you know, I'll, I'll just comment then because mm -hmm. you know, obviously we're, we're friends and, and, and you know, see each other socially Obviously. as a group, and you know, right. and and and, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I'll just give you a, a both of you a, a strong point, or major points for, you know, for keeping it all sort of you know, in check, like, obviously it's hard, it's difficult and all that mm -hmm. stuff, but, but you're, you, you guys demonstrate a significant amount of resolve in, in what you're right. doing and a confidence in, you know, in the sharing of the journey and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't sort of bleed into your day-to-day -day in yeah. a way that interacts with other people. It's really like, it's quite refreshing. And I, and I, I applaud you both for that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, that's a, that's a conscious effort, conscious effort to yeah. separate because, uh, you know, like people don't want to hear about it all the time. Uh, and certainly I don't want to talk about it all the time either. Like I said, like, I, I, I mean, I won't say no to a question or I'll, you know, I'll answer a question, but I generally don't um, want to like prompt um, information, you know, like that necessarily. Yeah. Um, yeah. But maybe, you know, one day there is a world where, you know, just like, regular conversation and you know can come come in and out well i you know, i can hope i can see a world where this is sort of behind us at some point and then hopefully at that point it won't be we won't be living it all the time and then we can um you know get to it more regularly like if people want to hear about it more regularly obviously but you oh. actually you, you mentioned something like as in like it's hard and it is it is hard for like 100 percent like very like being immersed in it and it being hard is like is tough I'd say the hardest part is like the up and down, like as, as I'm sure, you know, like the, yep. like the roller coaster of, you know, hope and despair and then extreme hope and then extreme despair. <laughs> and excitement and then, yeah. yeah and excitement yeah. and then letdowns. And it's like, it's insane. And I'm like a very even keel. Like I, I'm like a path of least resistance kind of human being. Like I, 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 you know, I wear my sweatpants so they literally fall <laughs> apart and like, I only wear sweatpants generally. So like I, I like comfort. And so for me, like this external imposition of, you know, ups and downs. And oh, oh yeah. Cause God. the highs are, the highs are very high. The highs are and high. And then right. the, the lows are crushingly low. Man. Yeah. 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 It's like the, so yes, exactly. And so I find that to me, that's like really the hardest part, but there's nothing, you know, it's not like you can do something about that. You know, that's, just the reality and, and you have to accept that i guess um i guess so i, I guess you know and, and you know, the when you come out of it because i you know i believe that you guys will i've, I've got confidence that you guys will and thank I'm, you you know rooting for you with every fiber of my being of course um i'll save some for other things you don't have to do everything yeah, yeah fair enough okay but i you know i i i certainly i certainly think that you'll you'll appreciate the the even keeled nature oh, of the, your life beyond that right like it it will give it will you know yeah. and it has for me yeah. like looking back it's given me some great perspective and like mm. uh, and coping mechanisms for other things in my life you know that can be a challenge or a you know point like yes nothing yes. nothing that i'm dealing with you know right now whether it's you know at work or you know whatever 
is is as challenging yeah, as, yeah. as that was yeah. you know and and god forbid we, we don't have to go through you know another sort of thing like this in a, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but it's it definitely makes you appreciate you know the the normalcy and the ease of of everyday life without the ups and downs that this brings yeah um so you know you you end up on the other side with some with with great perspective and I'm, I'm looking forward to that for you guys too wild. for sure yeah it's like you never you don't recommend doing this like you know going down this road obviously if you have to you have to and then at that point i guess you recommend it but like you know despite the ups and downs and everything like that you come out of it with a stronger relationship yep uh, a deeper appreciation for all facets of life and a de- ideally a child um but if you don't from the process maybe there's another thing that you can do to get to that you know like that's the you know again the dream but if i can see a world even if you don't at least you know you've given it your all you've tried and maybe there's a different way to get there further down the road or something else happens but yeah but still many advantages to um the process yeah well, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a much more sort of emotionally driven way of kind of saying, you know, you don't really know what you're made of until somebody punches you in the face, you know, mm-hmm. and then you go, oh, okay, I, I, I know what I can handle now, it, but I didn't know before, you know. Um, if so, you didn't think it was a guy's podcast before, yeah, punched now in you the know. face. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it's, uh, that's a, that's a metaphor for the metaphor. You know, Correct. That's a, that's Correct. a metaphor. Correct. I appreciate the, the, the open discussion the forum that you've created for you know allowing me to share this stuff and you know frankly speaking i i found this actually quite cathartic like yeah. you know like i said it's way behind me now you know but it's but it's still quite real and this has made it a little bit more visceral which is which is not it, it wasn't painful to talk about th- mm. these this stuff were you, you nervous know? to like to rehash on like to bring this up and well i guess so because i really had to you know i had to scrape the back of my synapses to like remember mm-hmm. that because i kind of closed that chapter yeah i remember waiting in line for bonnaroo festival music festival like 15 years ago no not not yeah. that long ago but long enough and it was like 12 to 14 hours sitting in a disgusting hot disgustingly hot car um and miserable with everything we just driven like 24 hours straight to get there and then we like literally immediately got into line and it was mis- absolutely miserable but by the time we got in you know i had forgotten every single like negative feeling that i had for 14 hours straight and it was straight 14 hours uh, and then we get in there and it's like oh we're here like 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 that's yeah. behind and us and all that stuff is forgotten yeah, immediately gone. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I you know have to make m proud and and finish off really and i and again appreciate everything you've shared but with uh any advice that you could give for some to you know a guy or or a girl um starting off in the journey can you think yeah. of anything I mean, you've given so you much know, advice already. I understand, but like one last piece. Well, you know, the, at the end of the, there's no silver bullet. Like, there's no, there's no simple, simple thing that's going to go. This is the mantra that you should follow. Right. But you know, for us, you know, a communication and alignment was super key. We were both, we were both on the same journey. We were both like, we had the same goal. We had the same level of commitment. We had the same sort of resolve that you know that we needed to get there, and. You know, at the end of the day, I think to a large degree, you have to let the woman determine how driven she is, right, mm-hmm. to get there. Mm-hmm. And it's her body. And it's frankly, you got to support 
what she wants to accomplish and how she wants to accomplish it to the greatest degree that we possibly can. It's, it's, I think it's irresponsible to, for, for men to, to kind of push their agenda onto the woman because she's already got enough burden as she's going through a fertility you know, journey. So, you know, I think communication is, is key. Make sure that you've got that with your partner, that you're, that you're both on the same page um, and that, you know, and go through the journey together. Like, you know, despite the discrepancy in the physical aspects, um, you know, I think it's important to check in with each other through the process, of course, and then, and to find support where you need it. Like, you know, we did this, we did this on our own essentially. And we were each other's greatest support, our complete support system through it all. And that works, but we're like, yeah, we're, we're extraordinarily connected. And that was, was just enough. But I think if we were, if we're going through this, knowing that we know now, we probably both would have reached out to greater support networks and, you know, something like this and people like what you and Emily are doing is, is phenomenal. We didn't have red, red access to that. I think Stacy went on to the, you know, we did a lot of deep web stuff, which is good and, and bad to a degree, but like trying to find like stories and trying to find, you know, um, mm -hmm. people that would echo what she's going through, which would validate that this is okay. And this is normal. And this is, you know, and so on. But I think, uh, I think it's important to, to figure out what it is you need from a support standpoint, whether that's direct from your partner or from the world around you or from resources, like what, what you and Emily are doing. Mm -hmm. And and seek it out, right? Don't, you know, you don't have to go through this journey by yourself. There are, there are a lot of people and more than you would ever imagine, I, I, I presume, that are going through similar things and that you can find solace or comfort or support from. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I would encourage people to go find it. Like we didn't need it that, that much, but that's just us because we're, we leaned on each other so much and, and that was, that worked. Um, but that's not necessarily enough for, for many. Um, so, so that would be my advice is to find, you know, go through whatever you're willing and able and physically and financially, you know, capable of doing to get to your end goal. Um, but, you know, but know your limitations as well. Because yeah. you, know, you want to make sure that the, the relationship through it all is, you know, is strengthened, not, you know, not weakened, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Not just going. I think there's a, a, a huge demographic of, of women and men who went through it decades ago and never got a chance to open up and, and like has been, you know, it's, it's a monumental event in your life. And, you know, they, they might be willing, they might be, you know, seek them out as well. They might be willing to talk and might help from their experience and, and it might even help them to open up as well. I think that's a really, that's a, Support and communication. Well done. Well yeah. Done. What, and, a, par and, what a partner you, know, you are. I try, I try to be. I try, I, try, I try to make it worthwhile for her. And then I, I think the, you know, the, the thing that, I, that is most jarring for me is nobody talked about it then. Like, mm -hmm. And this is not all that long ago. Like we're talking about we started it a decade ago, 10 years ago. But it, was, it felt very taboo to us, which is why we didn't share it with our friends. They all had kids already. Like they were all on their own. So they had enough to deal with. We, you know, we didn't. I don't know if it was a, we felt shame or discomfort or whatever, or it's a sense of pride or something, mm -hmm. but, you know, but we didn't make it a public thing. We didn't talk about it with our friends, you know, other than maybe a select few right. uh, at the very most, but not to the, not to a, not to an open degree either. And so, you know, I, I think that's, that's another, that's another element that I probably, probably would have done differently is that it's, you know, there, there, it would have been somewhat easier, you know, 
had we been able to share it instead of, you know, instead of going through quietly behind closed doors or whatever you want to call it. Right. So I would, I would say for those that are reluctant, um, I don't think you have to be, you got to choose the right people that you share it with, but, but, you know, but it should, but it should be something that you're, you could be okay reaching out to a greater support network than, you know, just your, your immediate, most comfortable, let's say. Right on. All right. Well, I think this is as good a place as any to, uh, you know, let you go. Get right back, on. Get back to uh, making, uh, you know, the, the important stuff, I guess. But um, I really yeah. appreciate, uh, I really appreciate your time. No, and, Evan, my uh, pleasure, man. And it, uh, it was an honor to hear, you know, your point of view. So, um, well, thank you. And thanks for, for letting me share and opening the, opening up the, uh, the airwaves to it. Um, and, you know, as, as always, like you guys are, you guys are doing something really, really important and you're doing it during a time that is challenging for you. So I give you a huge amount of kudos. Um, I love how you for, keep lumping for, me into for, this or I, I'm not doing well, much. <laughs> you're right. In, you're right in front of me. Well, I give, I give him, I give him most of the credit, but you can I'm, take a little for yourself. I'm happy to ride her coattails. Uh, trust me. Don't, I'm not, don't get me wrong, but uh, that's fair uh, enough. Well, you keep it, keep it up. Cause it'll serve you well. She's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Ish. Appreciate it, man. All right. All right. right on. Take care. Thanks. You too, buddy. Right. Cheers.